What is up? What is good? How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? Here's the thing. I know how you're living. I know how you're feeling. And I know how you're doing because the draft, it is upon us. And there's one last thing that I need to get out of Connor Rogers' brain. It's not about instant impact rookies. It's not about the late sleeper. It's mock draft time. I need to know who Connor thinks is going at every single pick. We've done this for now eight weeks. Happy to wrap it up. And I cannot wait to sit at the desk with Connor Rogers and Akib Talib and our cast of friends for draft night with BR Gridiron. It's going to be a blast. Connor, mocks are always different in the intent of the mocker. So is this who you believe the team should take? Who they will take? How did you make this mock? It's a nice balance of both, Lefko, right? You're going to have some trades that might seem like out of nowhere, but nothing too crazy. And then you're also going to have the staples that we know, right? We're not going to reinvent the wheel at one or two. And there's some guys that might sneak in here. So a nice balance of both. And we'll explain each. All right. I do, I do see there is one trade and we will get to that. But let's start off. First pick in the draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select... Trevor Lawrence. I mean, no surprise here, right? We know this is happening. Let's not get cute with it. He's going to be the future of their franchise. He's somebody that we've heard about for a really, really long time since he was a true freshman and really the offensive player of that national title game as a true freshman. Uh, They've built their entire offseason around him, Lefko. They went out and gave big money to Urban Meyer. Trevor Lawrence is coming out of a very college offense. A lot of screens, a lot of quick one reads. And Urban is going to have to bring some of that stuff to the pro game. So I think when you look at it, Trevor Lawrence is poised to have a huge impact. He's a great runner. He's a great leader. They have some pieces down there already. They have more picks to get more pieces around him. Trevor Lawrence is about as much of a no-brainer at number one at the quarterback position as you can get. Their first pick in the first round, New York Jets. Your New York Jets select. I'm, I'm going quickly through the first two because I feel like everybody knows. Absolutely. And this is Zach Wilson. And another one that I know there's a little bit more debate here, right? You can argue for Justin Fields. You can even make an argument for Trey Lance, who I think is a phenomenal prospect. I think all four of these quarterbacks are top five overall prospects. But Zach Wilson is the guy they've sold themselves on, and he fits everything they want to do. That lightning quick release, the ball placement down the field. They went out and gave Corey Davis a ton of money in free agency to understand that they need above-the-rim contested catch players. Him and Denzel Mims that can go up and win the football for these vertical throws from Zach Wilson. And they just love the timing, how quick he can get the ball out the decision-making, the athleticism. Mike LaFleur is coming over from San Francisco. You're going to see some elements of the San Francisco offense, the Tennessee offense, Green Bay, a wide zone running game. So the Jets, they reset the financial clock, right? The quarterback clock. They align the GM, the head coach, and the new quarterback all together. And that's what led to Zach Wilson being this selection. And an exciting one for New York Jets fans. I can't say that enough. Zach Wilson can be a superstar in this league. Now... The third pick in the draft, the one that everybody's got circled and everybody's wondering who did the Niners trade all those picks up to get? This is Connor Rogers' pick. Connor, who did the Niners take? Yeah, it's got a little bit of my flavor on it because I know everyone thinks this will be Mac Jones, but we're going to go Trey Lance here. And and I'm just obsessed with this fit for both sides, Lefko. I look at Trey Lance, does such a nice job taking care of the football a big-bodied athlete that can run over defensive backs in the open field. I think the accuracy will get a lot better over time. 
love his leadership abilities. I mean, this is someone that threw 28 touchdowns and no interceptions as a 19-year-old redshirt freshman starter in the FCS. So there will be some growing pains there. But this is the landing spot to do that. They have Jimmy Garoppolo. If they want, he could start out the season. And then you can work Trey Lance in at his own pace. But the upside with Trey Lance is superstar. That's not the case with Mac Jones. That ceiling does not exist. I don't care who tells you how smart he is, the ball placement, all of those things. This is an NFL where mobility and athleticism matters. Trey Lance has all of those things, but he also has all of the intangibles as well. So I think he can grow into an incredible middle-of-the-field thrower in Kyle Shanahan's offense. He gave up three first-round picks to get here. Now swing for the fences. Don't start laying down bunts or choking up on the bat and taking the contact swings. Swings for the fences and go get Trey Lance. I would go Mac Jones and mine, mainly because I look at Kyle Shanahan and I go Matt Ryan, Matt Schaub, Kirk Cousins. That's kind of the vibe, I think. But listen, this is Connor Rogers. He's the expert. He's been doing this for 365. I'm just here trying to get the knowledge. So if Trey Lance goes three, Atlanta is then on the clock at four. What do you see happening at four? Now, a lot of things, right? They can go Penne Sewell and kick somebody inside and start Penne at left tackle. They can go Kyle Pitts and say, hey, Matt Ryan, we're giving you this chance to get that Super Bowl with us, especially after restructuring his deal. Now, I think the best move long-term for the franchise, a new GM, a new head coach, is trading this selection. This selection can be worth a lot because that fourth quarterback on the board has a lot of value. And I think the team that should come up and get that quarterback is the Denver Broncos, because then it works for both sides. Atlanta only goes to nine. They have a lot of options of what they can do at nine, solve a lot of their needs, get a really talented player, and they're still going to get a lot of picks. I think at a minimum, this would cost the Broncos two second-round picks. Maybe they can even squeeze a future first-rounder out of them to come up, and you get Justin Fields. Imagine When you imagine Justin Fields in the Broncos' offense, and I know we've done this on this show for a long time, The fit is great. His accuracy, his power arm, his mobility. You have Cortland Sutton that's coming back. He can work down the field. Jerry Judy, everything intermediate. You have KJ Hamler. You know they can run the ball. The offensive line has gotten better over time. Justin Fields can take this offense to the next level. And if you really don't think he's ready to play, which I think is nonsense, I think he is, you can build a quarterback competition between him and Drew Locke and see where it goes. There's nothing wrong with searching for your quarterback still throughout this process, but Justin Fields is somebody you can feel strongly about for the future of your franchise. And that jump from nine to four is not crazy. Okay, so now we have a very active top four. Number five is the Bengals, and I have a feeling that you're going to go with the recent rumors from the last three weeks. Is it going to be Jamar Chase? Yeah, let's keep this one simple, right? You go out, you've already seen this playbook before between him and Joe Burrow that led to a national title game. Now, I understand the the need for offensive line, but I think Jonah Williams is serviceable at left tackle. Get a rare wide receiver. This is the best one we've seen in the last couple of draft classes that is truly a mismatch problem. I, nobody will say this except me. I think Jamar Chase is a bigger mismatch problem for defensive coordinators than Kyle Pitts. This this guy was 19 beating NFL cornerbacks. So I know it it seems crazy to say that, but that's what I think. I think he's great after the catch. I think he's a good route runner. I think he's phenomenal in contested catch situations. Get Joe Burrow his guy. This is really, now you have a foundation in place in Cincinnati with him and Chase for the next five, six, seven years, maybe even longer uh, and it's like Matt Ryan, Julio all over again. That kind of vibes here. It would really, really excite me. 
with Joe Burrow's accuracy and a top three wide receiver of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, that is a very athletic and dynamic offense. We want to see Joe Burrow get healthy. If he comes back and he's got his guy, Jamar Chase, he'll be happy as well. Number six, the Dolphins traded back from that top three spot originally, went back to 12, came back up to six. Who do they get at six? They get Kyle Pitts. This works out perfectly for them. I think when they made this move with your Eagles, Lefko, they came back up saying, we need an offensive dynamic player for our young quarterback we bet the franchise on. We think Chase or Pitts will make it to this spot. Well, guess what? You played it right. Pitts is there. Now you have him and Gusecki working the middle of the field for a quarterback. Very athletic, two tight end set. Yes, they are going to run the seam. They're seam beaters. They can run by linebackers. They can... Uh, beat defensive backs in contested catch situations. Pitts is very good after the catch, great in the red zone. Tua is a nice player, but he has his limitations. So you, they know they need to help him out. And, and Pitts is this mix of you're getting a little wide receiver, you're getting a little tight end. You hope he, as he gets older, he'll be a 20-year-old rookie. You hope he grows as a blocker as well to really get that run game going too. So this worked out perfectly for Miami. Okay, now we get to pick number seven, the Detroit Lions. When I hear people talk about mock drafts, nobody ever thinks about the Lions. We start getting excited about Carolina. What would Denver do at nine? Detroit, whether it's Dan Campbell or Jared Goff, there's not a lot of excitement. So where do you see Detroit going at seven? Well, I'm thinking about you, Detroit Lions. And part of it is because I have to, but also part of it is because you do matter picking in the top 10 here. And this is going to surprise people, but I don't care. Devontae Smith at seven. You've already made the commitment to Jared Goff. As crazy as it is, you've made that commitment. Lefko, have you seen after Kenny Galladay left who he's left throwing the ball to? You need a number one wide receiver. It is staggering. It is staggering how bare that cupboard is. It it will not work. Besides TJ Hawkinson, you need more. Devontae Smith is a number one wide receiver. I don't care that he weighed 166. He'll play bigger than that in the NFL. He dominated the SEC. He helps out quarterbacks. He can go up and high point the football. He's great in in space, creating his own yards. He doesn't drop anything. We know what Goff is. He's a pocket passer who has really good ball placement but isn't going to create on his own. He needs guys that are going to get open immediately and also help out the quarterback. That's Devontae Smith right here. And this is a situation where you're in a good spot to move out. And I'll explain that later and still get Devontae Smith. But I just think this fit and match is too good to pass up. Just for people's awareness, Brashad Perryman, Tyrell Williams, and Khalif Raymond are the top three wide receivers in Detroit. The OC there is Anthony Lynn. And so with Dan Campbell and Anthony Lynn, they're likely going to want players that are no nonsense. Think about that coaching staff, Devontae Smith, Super professional, makes sense from a personality standpoint as well. Then we get to number eight, Carolina Panthers. They get Sam Darnold. Who do they get at number eight? Penny Sewell. And they make out like bandits here, right? We know they have a million wide receivers. They have Christian McCaffrey. You've traded for Sam Darnold, and you're on long-term contracts there where you feel like you could have taken that risk. I still see a need here at left tackle. You have a really, really good right tackle in Taylor Moton that got the franchise tag. Now you have two bookends at tackle for Sam Darnold. You can run the football. You can get the outside run game working with Sewell's athleticism. You know he can keep Sam upright in pass protection. 
These are things that Darnold never really had with the New York Jets. Even when they drafted Mekhi Becton, he was phenomenal, but it was too late in the process, and the offensive line had other holes, and they didn't have the same weapons that the Panthers have. Joe Brady would be working with an incredible, incredible offense, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on Sam to succeed with this talent around him, but this is giving him a chance, and this is by far the best player available, my number two overall player on the big board. Current left tackle there is Greg Little. They also have Cameron Irving. So now suddenly you have a pretty stable four rotation where not as much pressure is on those former draft picks that maybe haven't panned out as much. Let's take a look at the top eight and see how Connor had this one fleshed out. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, one, two, makes sense. Connor goes with his guy, Trey Lance at number three. Broncos trade from nine to four with Atlanta to take Justin Fields. Jamar Chase to the Bengals. Kyle Pitts to the Dolphins, little surprise, Devontae Smith to the Lions at seven, and Panthers with a steal at eight. Of all of these picks, Connor, who would get your best grade on draft night if they pulled the trigger? I think it would be Justin Fields to the Broncos because I love that aggressive nature to go up and get a franchise quarterback and one that's been really over-scrutinized, over-evaluated throughout this process. So he would get it on just the pure aggressiveness. But the best value is the Panthers. Penny Sewell at eight. He's the number two overall player. He's a franchise left tackle. He could do everything you ask of him. That's the one that I'd look at and go, man, talk about building a foundation. Whether Sam works out or not, you know Sewell will be there for the next 10 years. All right, so the Falcons trade with the Broncos from four down to nine. They are on the clock. Connor, the Falcons select. Jalen Phillips from Miami. Maybe the biggest surprise that we'll get in the mock draft, I guess. But when you look at Phillips... Things have changed. He's always had top 10 talent. He's always had it. He had to medically retire after concussions at UCLA. He's rebuilt his career at Miami. I've heard the interviews have been really, really good. Everybody feels good about Jalen Phillips again to what he was expected to be. He's the most talented edge pass rusher in this draft. Honestly, without the injuries in college, if he had a normal college career, we might be talking about not exactly Chase Young, but somewhat close to it. He has that much talent. So when you look at it for the Falcons, they have a huge need on the edge. You moved back. You've got a lot of draft capital for the future. And now you've got a top flight pass rusher that can win with speed to the outside and turn the corner. Long arms, great length, good get off, can beat double teams against the run. Can really ask whatever you need of him in any role, stand up, hand in the dirt. I know this pick is going to surprise people, and it might take a little warming up to, but if Jalen Phillips does stay healthy, I really think he can be a star, a double-digit sack guy year after year. Right now, Dante Fowler Jr., really the only pass rusher on that Falcons roster. The only thing I worry about for Falcons fans, super athlete, ACC, they just hope it's not Vic Beasley again. Number 10, the Dallas Cowboys Who is Dallas and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones selecting? The pick you've heard about for a long time, and that's Patrick Sertain II. You get yourself your starting corner. You might be able to move out of this pick and still get that corner, but let's not get too cute with it. Let's go get the guy that could start on the outside for them, a good long press corner with ball skills. He loves coming downhill to stop the run, a really aggressive player, but also a very smart player. Uh, Tons of experience covering top-flight wide receivers. This is a plug-and-play pick for Dallas, and boy, do they need it at the cornerback position. You can make the argument here for Rashawn Slater, rebuild your offensive line, 
But I just think this one makes way too much sense for them. There's been a ton of buzz around it. If Kyle Pitts or Penny Sewell doesn't fall this far, this is the pick I expect. All right. He would join Jordan Lewis and Trevon Diggs, who had some sparks last year. 11 is the New York Giants. We are in the middle of an NFC East run. Who do the G-men take? They capitalize on that early quarterback run and have a player fall to them. It's Rashawn Slater. You need help on the offensive line still. And this is a really a nice, you know, double-dipping kind of pick. If We're going to assume Andrew Thomas and Matt Pert work out at tackle for now. Slater can kick inside and play guard, and you have a huge hold there with Kevin Zeitler gone at guard, and yep. Slater can do it at a really high level. My comps for him were Dwayne Brown and Tristan Wirfs. So now yeah. if one of the tackles doesn't work out in the future – Slater is your future franchise tackle at either side. He played right tackle for two years. He played left tackle for one, three-year starter, super pro ready, can climb to the second level and help that run game for Saquon Barkley. This might not be the sexy, flashy pick, but this is the right pick for the New York Giants, especially with Jalen Phillips off the board already. I know they need pass rusher. They could take another receiver, but this is your safe pick. And now Daniel Jones, he's almost got it all in this situation. Yeah, and frankly, that D-line is super deep, especially with Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams holding it down. Their wide receivers adding Kenny Galladay. Give a little protection for Danny Dimes, a little push for Saquon. As an Eagles fan, that scares me with that pick. But now the Eagles are up. Pick number 12. Who are you giving my team, Connor? Well, now you can rejoice. You got Jalen Waddell. You got the closest thing to Tyreek Hill we're going to see. And Waddell is once again somebody that can really help out Jalen Hurts. He has rare on-field speed to run by not one, but two defenders. He's the classic definition of, I can take the top off the defense, but underneath, his transition from pass catcher to ball carrier is lightning fast. He can make you miss, and you better not miss because he's gone if you do. It's as simple as that. They'll work him on underneath routes, slants, drag routes, screens, vertical, there's really no loss of speed whenever he tries to change direction. He was one of the best special teams players in the entire country as a very young player, as a sophomore on a team where you got to find your role. You're sitting behind Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, and this guy still found a way to get on the field. Special speed left go and much more polish, not Henry Ruggs kind of speed, but more smooth, ready to play speed. That means the Eagles would have Jalen Hurts throwing to Jalen Waddell and Jalen Rager, and I got to say, I kind of like it. Number 13, L.A. Chargers. Yeah, J.C. Horn right here. They need a corner, right? They're a little thin at corner right now. This is another team that they can go a lot of directions. They can continue to beef up the offensive line for Justin Herbert. I could have seen them taking Waddell. He doesn't make it there. Go get yourself a physical corner, a guy that can press, a guy that stays in the hip pocket, a really a nightmare in the red zone. He gives receivers all kinds of fits. He can run with the mismatched players in this division, Lefko. This is thinking about how do we stop Darren Waller? How do we stop Travis Kelsey? How do we stop Noah Fant? You need players that can do that. J.C. Horn can do that as well. So for the Chargers, you're getting need, but you're also getting kind of the perfect player to fit into this division. Okay, number 14, the Minnesota Vikings, who always seem to nail their first-round pick, who do you have them taking? Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, the best guard in this draft. He played left tackle last year, last year, did it at a high level, played left guard the year before that. 
I like him at guard here for the Vikings. You can play him at tackle if you need to. Just does everything right. He reminded me of David DeCastro, a longtime great player for the Steelers. Uh, somebody that has such a strong anchor, really, really good feet, really good run blocker, reliable in pass pro, can get out in front and lead the way, can be a weapon as a puller. Elijah Vera Tucker is a quietly one of the most underrated players in this class. He, he probably ends up overall, when all is said and done, to be a top 10 player in this class. He just doesn't get that attention because a lot of people view him as guard. And the Vikings are so good at capitalizing on value in the early rounds each year. Dalvin Cook, another guy blocking the way. 15, the New England Patriots. And there's a big name that you still haven't said. Is Mac Jones coming off the board right here? Yeah, and I got some explaining to do with this one because this is where Mac Jones should go, is what I think when you look at it. It's now, New England will probably have to go up to seven or eight, or even maybe the Falcons trade again to go get this one done because there will always be a sense of urgency if Mac Jones or Trey Lance, whatever quarterback number five, starts to fall. Yeah. But this is really where Mac Jones should go. He's a nice player, he could be a starter in this league a pinpoint passer, good touch thrower, as you see, to the corner of the end zone there. He has pretty good feel in the pocket. Everybody raves about his IQ. The mobility doesn't exist. The play out of structure, it doesn't exist. But that's okay in the right offense. And in New England, I think things would work out for him. They spent a lot of money on the offense this year. We know they got Nelson Aguilar, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry. Uh, Mack can be a really good middle-of-the-field thrower. He's not someone in my eyes that you're constantly going to roll out on boot action or get on the move and ask him to throw. You want him as a pure pocket passer. And I know New England's running things a little differently with Cam Newton, but for the future, they can build around Mac. And in this situation, it's not over-scrutinized. There's not too much of a spotlight. He didn't turn into this top three pick when he was regarded as a mid to late first rounder for a long time. This is the right situation for all parties involved. If this were to happen... It is pretty funny to me that Mac is almost bizarro Cam. Not mobile, super accurate, pretty quiet. You know what Cam is spelled backwards is? Mac. Mac. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. McCorkle. Um, 16. Arizona Cardinals opened up everybody's eyes this offseason when they added A.J. Green with Kyler Murray, J.J. Watt, a lot of free agents. 16. Right in the middle of this first round, where do they go? Yeah, get ready for the offensive line run. It's already begun with Vera Tucker. Now you get the second one in Tevin Jenkins here after that first tier of Sewell and Slater. Tevin Jenkins is just a bully. He's a big, bad dude. He could play left tackle. He could play right tackle. He could play guard if you need him to. I just like Arizona stacking the deck on the offensive line and getting a little nastier. And I know they have Kelvin Beecham there. Tevin Jenkins, he can be, he's just a totally different animal in terms of a run blocker. He really is. He reminds me of Taylor Luan, uh, just a bully. He can climb. He, he's a big body, but he's got good feet to get to linebackers, as you see right there. He's just really been lights out in pass protection. He got a lot better this year before opting out, and he could take you for a ride in the run game. So I look at Tevin Jenkins and just go, man, he is way too good to fall outside the top 20. And for Arizona, this is a little bit of a more safe pick, but one you really, really need. I know there's rumors of them going up for a big speedy wide receiver or things like that, but just keep building the foundation in front of Kyler Murray and get a bookend that versatility is the name of the game. You heard it with Vera Tucker. You heard it with Slater. 
these guys have played multiple spots on the offensive line. That's not easy to do at a high level, and they've done it. Let's take a look at Connor's picks from 9 to 16 as we finish off the top half of the first round. 9, Jalen Phillips goes to the Falcons after they trade back. Patrick Sertan to the Cowboys. Rashawn Slater, offensive lineman to the Giants. Jalen Waddell to the Eagles. J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina to the Chargers. Vera Tucker to the Vikings, building out that O-line as we start that O-line run. Mac Jones to the Patriots. Tevin Jenkins to the Cardinals out of Oklahoma State. Connor, who would get your best grade in this section? Probably Rashawn Slater to the Giants because he is such a good player. That is a gigantic need. I just think that fit there, it, it makes so much sense because he gives you insurance for the future, but he also gives you instant impact right now. So now we get to the Raiders at 17. Lost a lot of offensive linemen. We just talked about the Cardinals. That's where Rodney Hudson is now. Which offensive lineman are you going for the Raiders? Because it's undoubtedly their biggest need. Christian Darasaw, just a player that is the dancing bear. No man this size should be able to move like him. It's like Lyle Collins all over again. I mean, you see what he can do as a puller to get to the outside. It's effortless, too. It's kind of like I don't need to put my full – I don't need to generate power from my lower body to move people. I could just shove them, and it's really hilarious to watch him play to what he does to guys out in front. I mean, really, really a difference maker because he is – He'll put up a zero in pass protection. And what I mean by that is you wouldn't know he played. No hurries, no hits, no sacks allowed, that kind of guy. And I think NFL coaches like John Gruden can get more out of him in the run game. There's more left on the table with Christian Derrissaw. You got to capitalize on the offensive line. And the Raiders, they've done some unconventional drafting in certain spots over the years. But this is a great value pick. All right, next up is the Dolphins at 18. They took Kyle Pitts at six. Who do you have them take it here? They haven't been able to figure out edge pass rusher recently, so let's go with Aziz Ojolari. Jalen Phillips from Miami, that would be an easy trip for him. He's gone. So you go with Aziz Ojolari, just head south. Uh, Ojolari is a Brian Flores guy. Like I've told you before, Lefko, really the only recent uh, redshirt freshman in Georgia history to be a captain, all-world worker, strong for that 240-pound frame, Good, violent hands, can work the outside speed rush, good get off the snap, can finish plays. And you see that little shoulder dip for how muscular he is. That is a hard, hard move to execute, and he does it over and over again. So Ojolari can come in, set the tone for that locker room. Flores will love him. He can get after the quarterback. He's stout against the run. Uh, He loves coming downhill and taking on pulling guards. Just plays a violent brand of football. Uh, and this would be the guy they need at outside linebacker or a little hand in the dirt in Miami. Number 19, the Washington football team. What do you got? You want to talk about value? Let's do Micah Parsons at 19 for Washington. We know the linebackers Ron Rivera has coached in the past. And my comparisons to Parsons, if he could fill out that potential, is Luke Keekley, just a rare athlete in the middle of the field. He can rush the passer. He can come downhill as a thumper against the run. He has the athleticism to develop into a really good cover player. We just haven't seen it yet because he opted out last year. But I think it's all going to come together for him. He's a really good, fiery player for the middle of the defense. And this is a need for Washington. We know how electric, how talented that front is. They have a good secondary. They have a lot of pieces on offense for Fitzpatrick. But this is the need they have at linebacker. And they get... 
the top linebacker, a top 10 player for me in this draft. That is one of the more scary picks that I've ever seen. Okay, number 20, the Chicago Bears. What do you got? Greg Newsom. They need a corner. And Newsom, local guy, Northwestern, talk about easy trips here. Newsom can do it all. He can press at the line of scrimmage. He has good instincts in off-man coverage. I think he plays the ball really, really well. Uh, upright frame. You know, I know they've watched Kyle Fuller for a long time. I've seen some comparisons there. I think Newsom's more like William Jackson, the guy that Washington just gave a lot of money to. So you look at Newsom, he's somebody that plays a physical brand of football. He does not lose at the catch point. They really didn't target him that much. He just doesn't allow much room, staying in the hip pocket of wide receivers. The only thing you have to worry about with him, and the only reason he's available at 20 is he's missed time due to injuries in all three seasons as a starter. So that's the one lingering thing with Newsom. But I think the talent is going to outweigh the risk here. When it comes to the Colts at 21, every mock, it's a pass rusher because that's what they need. So which one are you picking for them? I'm going with Quiddy Pay. Now, everybody thinks they'll try to trade this pick. I don't know what partner is going to be there for them to trade. Just take the most talented edge pass rusher you can. What I love about Quiddy is he is a rare, rare athlete, but he plays so hard and he's still learning how to be a pass rusher. It's going to take some time to develop that pass rush plan. But that's okay because he's a nonstop hustle player off the field, on the field. I know people won't get juiced up over this comparison, but he just got paid a lot of money after a big year. Right now, he reminds me of Trey Hendrickson. He's somebody that can win with the outside speed rush. Very, very twitched up, but he can develop into a lot more. And you see that you know hustle from the backside. I just look at Quiddy Pay and think he fits the identity of the players that Chris Ballard and Ed Dodds, they always want. And I think he would come in and really, really take to coaching and develop into the player everyone expects him to be. All right, we stay in the AFC South for 22. It is the Titans. They lost a lot of players, wide receiver, tight end, cornerback. Where do they go here at 22? They're going to go Terrace Marshall. They need a big body target. This is a player that reminds me of Denzel Mims. They lost Corey Davis to free agency. You got A.J. Brown. But Ryan Tannehill, he needs these contested catch players. And what I love about Terrace Marshall is he's a big body player with a big catch radius, but this is what he can do. Win vertically down the field, run by people and win the football. And he's got some juice after the catch as well. So Terrace Marshall is somebody that is not getting a lot of conversation. In 2019, sure, he was that third guy behind Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. He still caught a ton of touchdowns. He was the guy this year after Chase opted out and Jefferson left for the league, dominated the league, and he caught a million touchdowns again. So Terrace Marshall fits everything Tennessee likes. Size, speed, catch radius, contested catch, help out the quarterback. He's a first-rounder in my eyes. Your Jets went Zach Wilson at two. Who do they take at 23? A safe pick. They're going Creed Humphrey here. Now, this is tough for the Jets. You missed out on Derisaw, Tevin Jenkins, and Vera Tucker. That's not what you want. A lot of Jets fans in their eyes, the backup plan, Newsom. He's gone too. I can't say it enough. The board is going to break in a tough way at 23. Creed Humphrey is that safe pick. This is kind of the Nick Mangold pick all again. This is coming full circle here. You get a center that's played a million snaps, really good anchor. He can move in your outside zone rushing attack. Everybody loves this guy, a rare athlete at the center position, can climb to the second level, doesn't ever get beat on the interior, which has been a nightmare for the Jets for a long time now. Their guards and centers have just gotten beat up over the years. 
killing the young quarterback in Sam Darnold. So Connor McGovern moves over to right guard. Creed Humphrey comes in at starts at center. Now you're starting to see your offensive line be fortified a little bit. This is a very, very high floor pick. And Joe Douglas did not go that route last year with Mims or Becton. He didn't go that route early, but he's going to play it safe a little bit here and get Zach Wilson some help in front of him. Yeah, Creed Humphrey and Makai Becton, that's a little bit like your Nick Mangold to Brickashaw Ferguson, which is what you want with a young quarterback. 24, the Steelers. What a Steelers pick you got for me, Connor. Yeah, we did this one already. Najee Harris goes here. And I know the Steelers have needs at offensive tackle and corner. And if you watch the dream draft from the last draft crash course, they can fill those too. Now you get a three-down workhorse runner. A little Steven Jackson, a little Matt Forte, great pass catcher violent runner with light feet. There's not a lot of six foot two, 230 pound runners that have this kind of feet and can really give you problems in the second level and third levels of the field. Najee Harris is plug and play. You got to help out Big Ben. You need somebody that can handle the ball 25, 30 times a game combined through the ground, through the air. He, he's really one of the only runners in this class that's going to come on the field and play the bulk of the snaps because what he can do in pass protection, what he can do as a route runner, and that workhorse inside and outside. All right, that is definitely going to be a pick that's going to garner a lot of attention. Let's recap pick 17 through 24 of Connor Rogers' mock draft as we get ready for the draft on Thursday night. Christian Darasaw, super athletic O-lineman going to the Raiders. Aziz Ojolari, pass rusher going to the Dolphins. Micah Parsons, the new Luke Keekley for Ron Rivera in Washington. Greg Newsom, ready to lock it down in Chicago. Quiddy Pay, the pass rusher for Indy. Terrace Marshall Jr., going to be lining up next to A.J. Brown. Creed Humphrey, going to be the Nick Mangold for Zach Wilson. And Najee Harris going to Pittsburgh. Best grade here, Connor? It's Micah Parsons to Washington. A top 10 player, best defender in the draft. Linebackers tend to fall a little bit, so it doesn't shock me if he makes it here. He would be a superstar under Ron Rivera, Lefko. All right, our last second pick. This is a team that has a multiple pick in the first round. The Jacksonville Jaguars at 25, the last of the multiple pick teams. Who are the Jaguars taking? Trayvon Merrick from TCU, a cover safety. He can play single high. He can play two high. He can come down in the slot. We know what Tennessee likes to do with their tight ends. He can just handle a lot of different roles for you, and not a lot of safeties can cover like this guy. I mean, he, like I've said before, he reminds me of Justin Reed, who you know Jacksonville fans are very familiar with in the division. Just a very high IQ player, a good tackler, adequate speed, adequate range. He just does everything the right way with ball skills, and he can come down with those interceptions, breaks up passes. Jacksonville, I think you know we know what they're going to do at number one. I think they're going to play it safe here at 25 and either get themselves a cover player for the back end or if one of the offensive linemen falls, and in this case, one did not. Browns, 26, what you got? Maybe the biggest risk of the first round, and that's okay. They're going to take Caleb Farley here. They have a need at corner, and Farley can be a top 10 player, but he had back spasms in 2019, did not play in 2020, and then needed a back procedure before his, you know, that ruined his pro day chances. But he has all of the talent in the world. A player that reminds me of Marshawn Lattimore, a former high school quarterback, uh, came to Tech as a wide receiver or an offensive skill player, 
It tore his ACL very, very early there. So you see the injury history mounting up. But he was the best corner in this draft before those injuries mattered. I think he had 24 passes broken up in only like 22 games. Something crazy along those lines. So the Browns, you have a great roster. It, one of the best in football right now. You don't have a lot of needs. You feel like you're ready to take the next step. You can swing for the fences in this spot and bet on Farley's talent with the risk of the health. And if that secondary can get healthy from Farley to Greedy Williams to Grant Delpit, that's a future right there that, if it comes together, could be pretty great. 27, the Ravens. Rashad Bateman, Minnesota, and a player that just fits this Baltimore mold at wide receiver. He can catch in traffic. Uh, I thought he caught everything on the 2019 film. Some people are overreacting to 2020. I thought the quarterback play was abysmal. He's a tough player, incredible releases off the line of scrimmage, good route runner, tracks the ball extremely well, the body control, which you see right there. I just look at Bateman and think he fits what this offense needs. They had a tough time in free agency trying to get a top flight wide receiver to sign there. Yep. But guess what? You could just draft one in round one. I think him and Lamar Jackson would form a really, really nice connection in the short and intermediate areas of the field. Which is definitely something that they are looking for. You're right. They could not get a free agent other than Sammy Watkins. He'll join him and Hollywood Brown. 28, the Saints. We're going to go wide receiver here, and we're going to go Elijah Moore. This gives them some of that Brandon Cooks element again, a player that is Mm. a little undersized but can win down the field, really good speed, great routes. Look how quick he is, Lefko. Just lightning, lightning quick. It's a tough year for Michael Thomas, and I don't know where the future of this franchise is going to be with or without him. We know they're going to try to make it work this year, but it doesn't matter where that's at. You still need a wide receiver across from him A player with a ton of experience in the slot, has won over the middle of the field, very, very good after the catch, Uh, quietly one of the best separators in this entire draft. Elijah Moore should be a round one pick, and I think this is great for the Saints. I really think we're not talking about it a lot, but if Jameis Winston gets the opportunity there, they get a player like Moore in round one. You have Michael Thomas bounce back year. I think the Saints would be really exciting to watch, even without Drew Brees. Yep, they moved on from Emmanuel Sanders, so it'll be Michael Thomas, Moore, and then Traquan Smith. Number 30, the Buffalo Bills. What a year they had last year. Who do they take? Well, let's not forget about those Green Bay Packers at 29 left. Go. I don't want to forget My about apologies. them. My apologies. <laughs> it's okay. So we're getting wide receiver number three in a row here. Rondell Moore and, and a different player mm. now. We know Devontae Adams is all world at everything, whether it's catching the ball or dunking a basketball, it doesn't matter. But they need somebody else that could do different things in this offense. Rondell Moore is one of the most athletic players in this entire draft class. You can get those jet sweeps working. He can create his own yards on screens. He'd be a dynamic slot weapon for Aaron Rodgers. And if there's any space for him in the field, look out. He's very, very good at breaking tackles. He's built like Steve Smith. And that competitive nature to run through defenders reminds me of Steve Smith. Rondell Moore is one of the more interesting players in the draft. He comes in at five foot seven, and everybody's like, are we overthinking this guy? Do not. All the things he does best has nothing to do with height. Green Bay's offense would be really, really scary if they can get a player like this that can do some of those Randall Cobb things we saw a long time ago. That might not matter in this offense anymore, but at a much more electric level. A weapon for Rodgers in the first round? That might be too optimistic. Okay, now the Buffalo Bills at 30. My apologies. 
It's okay. They need a lot of juice off the edge here, and they're going to take a risk here. It's going to be Jason Oway from Penn State, a player that is a little too rich for my blood to go in round one, but I think he's going there, and that's why I wanted him in this mock is to prepare people to think he could sneak in. The Bills are an interesting Ooh. spot. They need a speedster running back. They could go ETN. They need help on the edge. Away would not surprise me. A hand-in-the-dirt defensive end that his best football should be ahead of him. Just a dynamic, dynamic athlete. Incredible speed. He's got that hustle against the run that we know the Bills defensive staff loves. So this would take some developing, but they are one of the best staffs in football at developing talent. So I like this fit for both sides. And I think for the Bills, edge pass rush is just a little bit important than getting a running back here. And I know they have a talented roster where they can take that round one running back and it might not hurt them like it does a lot of teams typically. But I'd rather take your swing, get a little bit more juice off the edge, and a player that there's so much untapped potential in his pass rush game. I love it. Add him to a D-line with Jerry Hughes, get a little mentoring there, and then also possibly replace down the line. 31, the Kansas City Chiefs. Where are we going with this team, man? They need help at offensive tackle, and I'm going to take Alex Leatherwood, somebody that's played guard and tackle at Alabama at a very high level, good athlete, long, long arms, plays with an edge, can move people off the snap as a drive blocker. But like I said, enough, enough athleticism to do a lot of different things, whether you want him to pull whether you want him out front on screens or whether you just want to trust him to keep Patrick Mahomes upright. I think that's a good idea as well. So I think the Chiefs are in a, in a situation where they just got to take whatever best offensive lineman is on the board. And, and maybe they get aggressive to do that. But I think you could sit tight and get one, whether it's Leatherwood, Cosme, Eichenberg. They just got to take an offensive tackle. They feel good about protecting Mahomes. But I value Leatherwood because what he can also bring in the run game as well. After the Super Bowl, all of us want Patrick Mahomes to have more time in the pocket. 32 Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, a team that does not have a lot of needs. And I'm going to go Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle from Alabama. That's one area where you could see down the road they're going to need some help. And Todd Bowles does a nice job rotating his defensive players enough where those violent hands, that pass rush juice, that good get off with Barmore for a big body can come into play here. Now, I don't think this is a good defensive line class overall on the interior, not on the edge. On the interior, it's a little thin. I think Barmore is going round one. I might not value him as a round one player, but I think a team is going to look at him and go, man, he was a superstar in the college football playoff. That's when he played his best football. He finally looked healthy. I think for the Bucs, they're in a situation where they can do a lot of different things just because they don't have that many needs. But I think Bowles will always have a voice in that room, and he's always going to speak up to beef up that defensive line. Hey, add him to Vita Vea and Dominic and Sue. Let him learn from them. I love it. Let's recap 25 to th- ooh, excuse me, 32. Merrig, the safety, goes to the Jaguars. Caleb Farley, corner, goes to the Browns. Rashad Bateman, a weapon for Lamar to the Ravens. Another wide receiver, Elijah Moore to the Saints. Another wide receiver, the short but impactful Rondell Moore to the Packers. Jason Away, edge, not a lot of production, but a lot of potential goes to the Bills. Alex Leatherwood, big-time tackle going to the Chiefs. And Christian Barmore, defensive tackle to the Bucks. Best grade here, Connor. 
I'm going to say Rashad Bateman to the Ravens. I think he's a top 20 player. I think they need a wide receiver. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people as a rookie because he's so pro-ready, Lefko, that he'll come in and it doesn't matter the situation. He would take advantage of those targets and really thrive. All right. That was our final show, The Mock Draft. Thank you guys for joining us along this draft crash, crash course. Thursday night, me, Connor, Akib Talib, RG3, Cam, Jordan, a whole lot of people. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. That will be day one and day two. Day three, Connor's going to be there with Taylor Rooks and a number of special guests. And don't forget, post your reactions after your team drafts. Put them in the NFL Draft community on the BR app, and we will send you some swag. Connor, any final message before we get to the NFL Draft? Man, I can't wait, dude. I, it's just going to be, it's going to be like the version of this, just the premium, the premium. Every pick graded. We're going to spend way more time on all of the picks. Uh, we're going to talk about the prop bets. It's just going to be a blast, man. I cannot wait for a week from now. Connor, you are the man. I love you. I cannot wait to see it. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to get you down here in Atlanta to everybody out there for Connor Rogers. I'm Lefko. We will holla, holla, holla at you later. See you.